everybody. Welcome in to Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. Today's episode of Locked On Orioles is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order of Built Bar. On today's episode, we will continue to look at the seven Orioles undrafted free agent signings. As today, we're going to take a look at the right-handed pitcher Brandon Young out of Louisiana Lafayette. We're also going to take a look at the status of baseball right now as the Second spring training is scheduled to start this week. Teams can start as early as Wednesday. That's tomorrow, July 1st. Uh, some teams have already announced that they'll start on Thursday or Friday this week. We haven't really heard anything definite from the Orioles yet, but uh, we will get to that as well. But off the top, we will talk about Brandon Young. Again, he is one of the Orioles' seven undrafted free agent signings. Uh, after the draft a few weeks back, a six foot six, two hundred ten pound right-handed pitcher out of the University of Louisiana. They're going through a little bit of a uh, brand change, formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette. He was a raging Cajun uh, for two years, pitching some out of the bullpen, uh, but mostly as a starter in his two seasons in 2019, and of course the shortened season here in 2020. He was a junior college transfer. Pitched his first two seasons at Howard College. Uh, that is a junior college in Big Spring, Texas. Uh, one of the better junior college programs for baseball in the country. Um, and he was a starter through and through two years at Howard College. Came to Louisiana Lafayette in 2019. Made 16 appearances, 9 starts, a 4.80 ERA. Also had a couple of saves. Uh, 72 strikeouts, 34 walks in 54 innings. That's about 12 Ks per nine. Pretty good numbers for him. Uh, and then he came back um, in 2020 and, and was looking to get that Friday night role as the number one starter, and he had locked it up, but then the season was cut short. He made four appearances this year in 2020. Three of them starts. Did throw a complete game shutout this year uh, in about 25 innings. He struck out 37 batters, walked just nine, and allowed just 13 hits and three earned runs. The ERA was at 1.09 for Brandon Young in his senior season before it was cut short back in March by the coronavirus. So to tell us a little bit more about Brandon Young and what he did, especially in his two years at Louisiana on the mound, we're going to be joined by Tim Buckley, who covers Raging Cajuns athletics, including the baseball team, for the Daily Advertiser down in Louisiana. And he was able to tell us a lot about what Young's role was on this Louisiana team, uh, whether it was starting around the bullpen and, and how much better he got this year and what kind of kid Brandon Young is. So without further ado, we're joined by Tim Buckley to tell us about one of the Orioles' undrafted free agent signings, the righty out of Louisiana, Brandon Young. Tim, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time today. My pleasure. And so we, we wanted to have you on to talk about Brandon Young, who was the third of the Orioles' three undrafted free agent signings after the draft ended. Young, a 6'6 righty out of the University of Louisiana, uh, a raging Cajun for two years after two years at junior college. But but you covered him for a couple years with the Raging Cajuns. And really, what was what was his role on the mound with that team for his two seasons? Well, it ended 
up being a year and a half, obviously, because of the way the 2020 season was uh, shortened, or even less than that, because uh, the Cajuns only got in uh, 17 games. But he was to have stepped into the Friday night's uh, spot for the start start of uh, some of conference play. The Cajuns were to open up against uh, Coastal Carolina, of course, won a national championship, and I guess it was 2016. Um, and... Uh, uh, Brandon had, had moved up into the rotation. He was going to get handed the ball on Friday night, and then boom, the uh, the uh, coronavirus stuff hits, and uh, and and he never got that opportunity. He did have one relief appearance this season. Um, he's somebody that the Cajun head coach uh, Matt Deggs thinks uh, you know as, as a pro can either be a starter or a uh, you know back of the pen type guy. Um, but he was mostly a starter uh, this season with the Cajuns. Yeah, and he had a a fantastic year, as you said, in the sh- in the shortened year this year. Four appearances, a one point zero nine ERA for him. Um, but obviously, he had a decision to make because of the NCAA ruling. He had a, a chance if he wanted to to come back and and finish out his career and play another season. But but in talking to him, what went into that decision to to go pro this year? Yeah, he, he could have come back, and um, he, and he would have been the, the Cajuns' number one guy uh, uh, going into 2021. Um, but and, and he said that the coaching staff uh, talked with him about this. They, they encouraged him to, to take advantage of the opportunity. Um, he, uh, you know, he was a possibility for getting drafted. Um, and like you said, he, he is an older guy. Um, he's gotten in the two Chuko years and the two years with the Cajuns. And, and it was time for him. Um, he, uh, he, he thinks, uh, well, I'll tell you this, Matt Beck, the Cajun coach, thinks uh, he's on a potential three-year path to, uh, to make it up to the majors if he's, a, if he's pitching up to his, his capability. Um, and, and certainly that uh, that played into it. He is more than welcome to come back with the Cajuns, and you know they would have loved to have had him. But I think the the the, the coaches knew just in terms of you know kind of projecting out his minor league career that that the timing was right for him now. Yeah, he's a he's a bigger guy, six foot six. A lot of strikeouts wherever he's been in college baseball. Um, but we know he started for most of his career in watching him, talking with him, talking with the coaching staff. Does he feel like you know his path to the majors is as a starter, or, or does he think he could end up as a relief pitcher? Well, he's open to anything. Uh, uh, coaching staff thinks it could be either one. Um, he uh, he throws strikes, like you said. Um, he only pitched uh, under twenty-five innings this season. He had thirty-seven strikeouts. He ended up, I think, it was seventh nationally in strikeouts per nine innings. Um, so he goes right, guys, um, and he has the mindset of a uh, of a closer type type guy, but he can stretch it out. So um, they'll have some options with him. And I, I should add that one of those coaching staff members um, was the Cajuns' uh, new pitching coach, EJ Ryan, uh, who I'm sure is a familiar name to Orioles fans. Um, he just became uh, the Cajuns' uh, pitching coach on a volunteer basis when. Their, uh, their head coach for the last 25 seasons, uh, Tony Robichaux, passed away uh, back in July. Uh, Robe uh, doubled as their pitching coach. And after he passed, 
past uh, Diggs, who was a former Cajuns assistant and the head coach of San Houston State, stepped in as the head coach, and he brought in uh, B.J. Ryan as his uh, pitching coach, and he was in on all the talks uh, in terms of the decision to go ahead and, uh, and, and go pro now as well. Yeah, did, did Brandon mention anything, or did it seem like you know that, that connection to B.J. and, and the time he spent with the Orioles, he was, you know, a pretty big part of the Orioles bullpen for multiple years. Do you think that that played into the role any of, of him signing with Baltimore? Well, frankly, we did not uh, discuss that specifically. I'm sure it didn't hurt. He said the biggest thing with him in choosing the Orioles, and he said he had on, you know, on after the 48-hour moratorium or two-day moratorium, whatever it was, dead period. Uh, after the draft, when they finally were able to start talking with uh, teams, were able to start talking with teams early on uh, Sunday morning. He said he talked with like 14 or 15 clubs with different Zoom meetings. Um, but he said he ended up deciding to go with the Orioles um, because they have a history of uh, uh, promoting pitchers uh, pretty quickly, uh, relatively speaking, uh, uh, through their their minor league system, and, and that seems to have been. Uh, the biggest factor yeah for for a guy like like young who wasn't a four-year division one player he came from howard college uh at the juco ranks with those guys you know you never really know what you're going to get after two years of junior college and transitioning to you know pretty high level division one baseball at louisiana so so when he came out and had success as a junior, you know what what impressed you? What impressed the coaching staff most about him making that transition? And and all of a sudden, you know, he's shown up to to get himself to the professional ranks with with the two years he had. Well, he actually struggled a little bit as a, as a junior. He had uh, he had a little bit of a, a back issue in the fall prior to his uh, his junior season. He got off to a slow start. He was battling the injuries a little bit and. He didn't pitch anything like he did uh, this season. He ended up, I think it was three and five, an ERA up over four, um, and wasn't somebody that you would have uh, necessarily naturally pegged as your as your number one guy going into 2021. But the way that he came out, uh, he did have one uh, 13 uh, strikeout game against Arkansas State, and I think it was April of his junior year. Um, but the way he came out this year, he was uh, he was firing. That that's that's what was impressive. And he actually had uh, out of his his four outings, um, three of them being starts. One of them was uh, a complete game shutout of Dead's former program, San Houston State, which is a very legit uh, Southland Conference team that shows up in the NCAA tournament quite frequently and. Uh, uh, I think one one year even made it to a super regional against Florida State, if I'm not mistaken. So it was uh, it was some legit batters, digs his own own former guys that that Brandon Young was facing, and he went the distance and looked really good in that one. Came out in his next outing against Michigan State, had a had a solid outing in a little tournament game over in uh, in Florida, and then boom, uh, uh, the season ends. Yeah, and you mentioned something like that against a, a Sam Houston State team or a Michigan State. Were there any other performances, maybe in his junior year as well, where it was you know an an up level competition or maybe a couple of of big time name hitters um, that he was facing that that you can recall where where the stuff se- seemed really impressive or you know he really had that that uh, that big league or that professional baseball feel when he was on the mound. Well, the one that stands out to me is that Arkansas State game just. 
terms of the, the memory bank. Um, off the top of my head, nothing else is popping. But earlier this season, he also had an outing against uh, a, a very legitimate uh, uh, Virginia Tech lineup as well and, and, and more than his own. So he's faced, you know, legitimate competition. Look, the Cajuns, they might be in the Sunbelt Conference and, you know, football-wise, they might be the five and whatnot. But this is the program you got to understand that's very accustomed to going to, to regionals and uh, and super regionals uh, during their time under under Robichaux. So, um, um, and and the Sun Belt as well as a conference that has had its its share of guys drafted as well. So, uh, I don't think it's a situation where the the, the talent that he's facing uh, has been lacking by any stretch of imagination. Last thing for you, Tim, before we uh, let you go, you know, Brandon, a guy who, as you said, was was set to, to have that Friday role uh, going into conference play. Um, we know the, the Raging Cajun fans love their college baseball and they'll fall in love uh, with a Friday night starter as well. So, you know, what of the makeup and the mentality and what kind of kid Brandon is w- was kind of allowing him, you know, along with the pitching skills to to get into that role if if the season would have continued in 2020? Well, he's, he's, he's an aggressive guy. Um, uh, very uh, polite, respectful kid as well, I, I might add. Uh, um, but, but I know that doesn't matter to baseball people. Um, but I'm going to read you the, the, the quote from, uh, from Diggs because, frankly, Diggs says it a lot better than I can. Uh, Brandon's a big physical, very versatile. He can start a pitch uh, in the back of the bullpen. He always wants the ball, loves to pitch, and most importantly, loves to compete. He pitches with bad intentions for the hitter, and I love that. Bad intentions for the hitter. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, it's, uh, that's definitely what you want, either as a as a starter or a reliever. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, an undrafted guy, but in a in a very odd year for the draft. Um, and we'll see if if Brandon Young can kind of hope he flies through the the organization and and make his debut with the Orioles in a couple years to come. But Tim, thank you so much uh, for joining us here to talk about Brandon Young, and hope you're staying safe. You got it. Take care now. Wanted to tell you about Built Bars. They're tasty and they're healthy. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. You can get it in 16 different flavors. Uh, They're all covered in chocolate, easy to eat, and good for you as well. Uh, Great for a health-conscious person. Uh, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Just 20 grams of protein in, for example, the peanut butter brownie bar which uh that's the best flavor combination right there peanut butter brownie you can't beat that one just 170 calories three grams of sugar three grams of net carbs you can't beat that in a protein bar that's good for you and it really tastes good as well so you can go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order use promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand that is in the warehouse or that that store happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home 
and in your pocket. RockAuto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So again, our thanks to Tim Buckley, who covers Louisiana Athletics for the Daily Advertiser, uh, for joining us to tell us about Brandon Young. And it's interesting to hear, you know, you kind of look at him and you see his stuff and and you think maybe projects as a reliever at the next level, but but he was ready to take that Friday night role. He was pitching very well as a starter. That's what he's been pretty much his entire college career through JUCO and then the last two years with the Raging Cajuns. So we will see where Young will fall in uh, with the Orioles over the next couple of seasons and what kind of role he will get in the minors for the 21-year-old who will uh, turn 22 here pretty soon. He'll be 22 by the time we think uh, he'll start playing pro baseball, which would be in 2021. Now, talking about playing baseball, it, it doesn't look good for the minor leagues at this point. Nothing's been announced, but we don't think there'll be a minor league season. However, still hope, obviously, for a major league baseball season. Of course, the announcement of the agreement last week with opening day being set for either July 23rd or 24th. Um, and with the second spring training started or, or scheduled to start July 1st, which is tomorrow, sometime this week, the teams are going to try to report to their home stadiums instead of Florida or Arizona because of the coronavirus outbreaks there and uh, and try and play a season. But we've, of course, had some positive tests. And, and the breaking news from yesterday in baseball is, is four players um, so far have opted out of playing Major League Baseball this season. Uh, those four players, two of them from the defending champion Washington Nationals, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross, citing the uh, the health concerns for themselves and, and, and their families as well with, with new babies on the way. Um, and then Mike Leake, he was actually the first one, uh, the starting pitcher with the Diamondbacks and the Mariners last year. Uh, he decided to opt out of the season first yesterday. And then later last night, uh, Ian Desmond, the center fielder for the Colorado Rockies, also opting out. And Ian um, putting a, a moving and, and fantastic uh, post on his Instagram page last night, uh, nine pages where he really just, just let it all out about his feelings uh, about the murder of George Floyd um, and what we're seeing in the country right now. And, and really a lot about, you know, how he was treated as a black player in baseball growing up. Uh, Ian Desmond, uh, black father, white mother. He is uh, mixed race. But but how he was treated growing up in baseball, being one of the only black kids um, on any of his baseball teams growing up, um, how his high school teammates would chant white power uh, before the games, and, and him and his, his one high school black teammate um, would, would just look at each other and would try to stop it. Um, but just his talk about you know what Major League Baseball and what you know youth baseball has to do it at, at the lowest levels and, and as a whole to get uh, more participation, more diversity in the game and and let kids have the opportunity to play baseball, which a lot of kids just don't have at this point, and that is a huge issue for not just Major League Baseball, but the sport as a whole. Um, a really important 
post by Desmond. Definitely go check it out. You can check it out on his Instagram feed. Uh, plenty of baseball writers have have tweeted it out as well, um, and you'll be able to find it everywhere um, online on social media today. But a really moving piece by Ian Desmond, uh, where at the end he said, "You know, this isn't it for me in baseball, but you know he's going to take off the 2020 season. Uh, his wife expecting their fifth child, uh, which." you know, would be during this season if it's played. Of course, he has four younger kids as well already at home, um, and he wanted to stay home and and be with them, be with his family. Um, And he said he's going to try and help out the Little League program um, in his native Florida, um, down where he lives with his time off from baseball. Uh, The other bigger name was was Ryan Zimmerman and there was a lot of speculation that he might just retire you know with the Nationals winning the title last year and him being Mr. National um, and a free agent as well but the Nats re-signed him to a one-year deal um, but he will be a free agent again but he did say you know he's going to take off this 2020 season um, his wife expecting the birth of another child uh, but he said that did not mean retirement and still plans to come back and play in 2021. So those four players have opted out of the season so far, um, but don't think that's going to be it. Uh, there is a lot of health concerns still, of course, with the coronavirus rampant across the country, and I would expect a good amount more players um, to opt out. And, and listen, you know, just something to think about. A lot of them so far have cited, you know, the reasoning being. You know, there are significant others um, expecting a child on the way. Uh, Mike Trout, his wife, due in August with the birth of a child. Just something to think about there. You know, what would the season be without Mike Trout, the definite best player in baseball at the moment? But a lot of obstacles still for the league. And, you know, we haven't seen anybody report yet because it's not quite July 1st, the day before as I record this. But. You know, even even seeing them report to spring training, I still don't think I'll believe that there will be a season. I've got to see the first pitch on July 23rd or 24th because there's still a lot of hoops to jump through for Major League Baseball to get this season going. From an Orioles perspective, nobody's opted out yet, um, but, but keep an eye on it. And Mike Elias uh, met with reporters via Zoom uh, yesterday, talked about a little bit about their signings. They ended up signing Jordan Westberg and Hudson Haskin to their slot values, the uh, competitive balance round A and then second round draft picks from the Orioles. But then talked about the coronavirus and his team. Uh, one lower level uh, minor leaguer had tested positive uh, a while ago for the Orioles, and he is now fully recovered, uh, or at least to the extent that he can be, according to Mike Elias. Uh, they said they haven't had anyone else in the organization test positive, but he, he basically said, you know, we're not expecting it to be like that for the for the rest of this year, that it's just one case, um, and they have to be prepared for much more than that. There's just a lot of hoops for baseball to try and jump through, and the big one is how do you play a safe season, especially traveling around all the different ballparks um, with the coronavirus still a huge, huge problem in the United States. So we'll be back later this week, a couple more episodes. We will finish off the look at the Orioles' undrafted free agent signings. Um, the last two guys we have to look at here on the podcast include Dylan Harris, the outfielder out of North Carolina. He was the last of the Orioles' seven signings so far. We will take a look at his good college career here on the pod. 
And then as well, uh, we will look at um, one of the maybe a little underrated guys that the Orioles got, Isaiah Kearns, a two-way guy out of Pitt-Johnstown at D2 school. Um, we'll talk with uh, one of his coaches, Rick Roberts, uh, to see what he can do at the next level. So a couple more good episodes coming this week. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. Give us a rating and a review if you can. It really helps out the pod. But until next time, this has been the Locked On Orioles Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.